This is the show where Eskimos fans get all things green and gold from the man who calls the shots. We're just ready to lace it up and go out there and hit somebody and uh, play physical, disciplined football. This is where one empire gets insight you can't get anywhere else. This is the Eskimos Coaches Show with Jason Moss. Brought to you by Missioner Allen Auctioneering, Canada's largest public automotive and RV auction. Now, with Eskimos head coach Jason Moss, Morley Scott on Eskimos Radio, 630 Chad. Hey, 2-0 is a pretty good way to start the season. That's exactly what the Edmonton Eskimos have done. Good evening, everybody. Morley Scott along with the head coach of the Edmonton Eskimos, Jason Moss, joining us after the bye week. How are you, Jason? Doing great, Morley. Tell me about your bye week. How'd you do uh not too bad went up to valley view spent a few days up there uh going on the sturgeon uh, uh sturgeon lake up there and did some boating and then went down the little smoky river on a kayak with my family and friends up there and uh they have a couple cabins there one on the lake one on the river and just enjoyed some downtime it was great were the fish biting uh, I, the fish were biting on the lake. I, I was unfortunate I didn't get to go out the one day. Uh, and then on the river, no. But yeah. uh, always just fun to be out in the outdoors for me. It's, it's more to fishing than fishing, though, right? As That's they right. Say. So it's there you not go. catching, it's called fishing. So. <laughs> that is true. My uh, week's important. I mean, you talk about getting away with your family. It, it doesn't matter where it comes. I think it's uh, especially the first bye week because it usually falls in the summer months. It's an important week for coaches, players, everybody involved in the organization. Yeah, I, mean, isn't it? I always say that the worst, the only bad part about the CFL that half of our season happens during the summer where you don't get to enjoy the, the weather. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a reason people have cottages, there's a reason there's lakes, and people around the blocks have RVs and get to travel and do things in the, during the summer when their kids are off and from school and get to enjoy the country or get to go do whatever. And we don't usually get to do that as football coaches or football players. So I've been in it for 17 years and have only had a handful of days off in the summer. So anytime you get one off a week in the summer, you want to enjoy it. So uh, it's, it's yeah. always a great time. Is it tough for you to, to get away? I mean, I, I know I, I've met a lot of coaches and usually when they go away for the bye week, they usually got some video tucked under their arm their computer or whatever yeah do you get away from a total i'll just say this after a win it's a little bit easier to step away yeah. and winning against uh, montreal that night and then knowing you know that we were 2-0 and at that point uh it, obviously i slept pretty well the next night and and and, and there on out but uh you know, I was able to get away from it, probably more so because of that than anything. So I still had my iPad, I still watched film on the way up and on the way down, but I tried to tuck it away while I was camping. Yeah. This is where you say your wife was driving, right? Exactly. <laughs> okay. Uh, I was surprised yesterday and today talking to some of the players. A lot of guys, they stayed here. They they wanted to be around each other and they stayed here throughout the bye no, week. Guys with family at home and, you know, especially kids, they went home and, and saw their wives and kids, but it was I was surprised at how many guys actually stayed around here. Oh, no, it was great. I mean, we're, there's not very many more beautiful places in the world than Alberta in the, in the summer. I mean, there's quite a few things to do. So uh, I'm glad that the guys got to enjoy themselves and and it makes for a longer bye week too when you don't travel. Yeah, I mean, I've it's done an extra that two too. days, right? Absolutely. Yeah. So uh, they're smart to do that. You don't. You're not. You're more rested. Uh, and again, like I say, uh, Alberta is a great place to be in the summer for sure. Yeah, I was I was talking to uh, Duke Williams today, and he was saying he went to New Orleans, right? So that's that's a day to get there and a day to get back. So it's it's tough. It's it's tough that way. But you got to go home and see your family too, right? Yeah, like I mean, I that's, haven't seen not... anybody since early May, right? Exactly. So there, there's a little bit to that too. But I think the guys that do stay up, I think. I think they're on the right track. It'd be nice to mix family with being up here. I think that those are the guys that have it perfect. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, you've had two practices now since uh, you've returned from the bye week. What do you look for, in especially the first practice back, and did you see what you wanted to? Yeah, the first practice back, I mean, you, we haven't done anything football-related practice-wise for well over a week at that point. Um, you just want them thinking football again, you know, get the cobwebs out a little bit, uh, running, doing football-related activity. Uh, when they're on their bye week, they don't shut themselves off physically completely. I mean, I'm sure all of them got a workout in at least, but, you know, uh, the mental break was what they needed. Uh, so get back is really just to get their feet wet with football again. They'd been doing football for so long uh, at, at that point that it was nice to get away. But that's all we looked for is the physical uh, elements to come back. And then obviously today we had a pretty crisp practice. A lot of thinking going on. Obviously we put our whole game plan in uh, yesterday and, and they had to execute it today. Uh, or most of it today, and, and executed as well. So that was a little bit harder on them. Uh, I look for better practices throughout the week. I know last week on the show you talked about you wanted guys to go away, get refreshed, and then with the final couple of days saying, you know, I want to get back, I want to get going. And it's, I, I heard that a lot from guys yesterday saying it was really hard to watch the games on the weekend knowing you didn't have one. And I guess that's that's it. I, I liked it because it was kind of neat just to be able to watch the games, not have to worry about anything else. And I think that's kind of cool for everybody too. But uh, you watch and you know you're not playing and it gets the juices flowing again no question i think uh we all love football i mean we're football players football coaches i think football fans uh first and foremost so uh watching it's great but playing it's uh the second to none so um i was glad that you know you hear that in the locker room you hear the buzz you hear people are excited about being back and i feel like we have a a locker room an organization that people want to be around uh, we try to cultivate that, and that's our culture of family. So, you know, like I said, I know they have their families at home, but we want to make them feel like when they're here, they're family as well. So when you go away and you see them, your extended family you miss, and that was that was good to hear. Uh, we talked a little bit about this last week, and I, I don't want to dwell too much on it because we've talked a lot about it, but uh, since the last show, the news came out about John White. Just give me your thoughts quickly on, on losing John and moving uh, Trayvon Van into that spot. Yeah, I mean, John's... John's, to me, a marquee back in our league. I mean, for our offense, he fits everything we like to do. We're a physical run team. Uh, We do multiple things. He's good at all of them. He's as sound in pass protection as anybody I've ever been around. Uh, He's extremely physical at it. There's not one linebacker in the league that he cannot block and block well. Uh, and be physical at the same time. He catches the ball, the backfield. He's explosive. There's so many great things about John. So it's hard to replace him, to be quite honest with you. But in Trayvon, we just have a guy who's a little different. I mean, he's going to do some things differently that John really doesn't have the same skill set. You know, Trayvon can get out of the backfield and receive the ball a little bit differently. Um, He can do some things speed-wise. Um, you know, I call spade a spade. When one guy's extremely fast, faster than you, you know, that's just his one of his yeah. positives, and that's one of Trayvon's positives is if he hits a hole and sees a crease, he's going to hit through it a million miles an hour and likely take it the distance here or there. So, um, but, you know, we have – it's big shoes to fill, mm-hmm. um, obviously, but I think Trayvon's up to it. And we've everybody I've talked to, the first thing they talk about in the game is the hit at the goal line. And on his touchdown, I mean, two guys collided with him, and he just spun around and went in. And it shows that shows you right there, he's obviously got the physical attributes to play this game at a high level. Yeah, he's a, vi- a violent runner. When he hits, like I said, when he hits the hole, he's going to hit it a million miles an hour. So um, if you're in his way, he's going to end up hit, running into you, and ain't going to feel very good. So uh, I was excited to see that. Um, obviously, that takes a lot of grit and determination to run into two guys at the goal line. Uh, so again, we're a physical football team. That's first and foremost what we preach. So to see our our other back come in and and be that way, it, it makes you feel good about the guy. You haven't played since uh, uh, 
June, whatever it was, 30th. Uh, Ottawa played last week. They're on a short week, six days. How much of an advantage is it for the team coming off the bye week? Because is there a fine line between being rusty and being ready and everything and, and having the time to shake it off? Like, you guys weren't practicing during that extra time. Is What's the what's the advantage for a team coming off the bye week? I mean, to be honest with you, it's rest. I mean, that's the, first and foremost. Mm-hmm. You know, we didn't get anybody hurt during that game. No, None of our guys are sore coming off of a game. Um, you know, you likely have get guys coming back. You know, that's those are the things. But we've been relatively healthy other than our three major injuries. We've been relatively healthy other than that uh, in, in, in the course of those two games. So that's the biggest thing. I mean, I've been around the league long enough to know that just because you're in your bye week doesn't guarantee you a victory. So I, mean, I don't care if you're traveling across the country on a short week. They're still a dangerous opponent. We're still going to have to play well in all three phases to beat them. Um, but I know the guys we're going to be playing with, and they're going to be healthy and ready to roll. And you like your chances when that's happening. And you got a team that's kind of in a corner right now, and they got to be they got to be upset about the lot they've been dealt so far this year. Uh, they're winless, but I mean they've lost two games by five points. They've tied a game. They've been in every game. They could be three and zero, but instead they're zero two and one, and will likely be pretty feisty. Yeah, and I, I could care less about that. You know, as far as this. You know, you lose two games with five five points, you lost two games with five points. That's the name of the game is winning and losing. And when you lose, you lose. I don't care about one point, two points, five points, 20 points. A loss is a loss. You got that pinned on yourself. So that's our job is to pin another one on them. And that's what our focus is. So um, I don't look into teams that are, we're close. You're Close doesn't count in football. So um, we want to go out there and beat the snot out of them. That's the bottom line. So um, that's what our focus is going to be. Uh, I could care less if they're 0-2-1 or 2-0-1 or 3-0. and That's our next opponent. We get one per week. We're excited as hell to play them. Um, obviously, there's a lot that goes into it for our locker room this week. So um, we'll be ready for this challenge. Uh, come hell or high water against them. No sympathy in football, eh? Not one bit. Yeah. Uh, this is a, you've been on both sides of it now. Uh, this is a, uh, for a team in the West and a team in the East, it's a pretty good rivalry going uh, between these two organizations because there's been some stuff off the field. Uh, there's been some management movement, some coaching movement in, in yourself. There's been a lot of players going back and forth. It's kind of out of the blue, kind of out of nowhere, really become a, a pretty good rivalry in this league. No, it's been great. I mean, uh, since Ottawa's gotten back in the league, these have been tight games. Uh, big games played between Edmonton and Ottawa. Uh, obviously, the Grey Cup, the East Final are two of the most paramount games that the franchises have played against one another. You do have the movement with you know, Brock and myself coming over here, Rick Campbell having been an Edmonton mm-hmm. coach before, um, and the storied history of the Campbell family from Edmonton. So there's a lot of storylines that go into playing Ottawa and against Edmonton. And um, But two really great franchises, if you ask me. They do it the right way, um, you know, and... Um, it's always going to be a good rivalry, I believe. And with that, you can head to esks.com and get your tickets for Friday night. 8 o'clock start, 6 o'clock uh, for uh, the uh, countdown to kickoff here on 630 Ched with myself, Dave Campbell. Blake Dermott will be back with us on Friday, so we look forward to hearing some stories from Blake about uh, what he's been up to over the last three weeks. Uh, all that on Friday night, the Eskimos and the Red Blacks. We'll take a break at 745. Be back with more. This is the Eskimos Coaches Show with Jason Mosh. Brought to you by Michener Allen Auctioneering. My name's Morley Scott. We'll be back in a couple of minutes. The Eskimos Coaches Show with Jason Moss. Brought to you by Missioner Allen Auctioneering. We have the selection. You set the price. Now, Morley Scott on Eskimos Radio. 630 Chad. 
We're back with uh, Eskimos head coach Jason Moss for Michener Allen Auctioneering, the Eskimos uh, coaches show, the Ottawa Red Blacks here on uh, Friday night. Before we uh, talk a little bit about that game, uh, I want to talk to you, uh, Jason, about a, a good friend of yours, Ricky Ray. Uh, you're probably not surprised at what he's accomplished so far this year. I just It's just so awesome to think about it. Um, he was at Commonwealth Stadium for the final game of the year last year, and the talk was retirement. And quite honestly, talking to him, I thought, that's the way he was leaning it looked like and I didn't have any insight he didn't say anything to me but just listening to him talk and then a lot of things obviously changed in Toronto and man is he just off to a great start yeah I mean I talked to him the same last year and um, obviously I talked about once a month generally in the offseason and um, after the season when he was contemplating what he was going to do next I think he kind of regretted saying you know some things and that he was actually pondering retirement and I think you know, the breath of fresh air with Tressman being hired and being told he was the starter and he was going to have his, it was his job to lose, I think was refreshing for him. Um, I saw him play the last game of the year and I told him after walking off the field, I said, you just got to get through your mind that you can still play. It's just whether you want to keep doing this or not. Um, there was no doubt in my mind he's still going to be, it was still going to be effective this year. Uh, it just happens that, you know, he's in the same system that he was before with a guy that's doing things a little bit differently for him and he's got some players around around him, um, different coach, just a different vibe, a different feel. And I think anytime you've been um, in a place for four or five years and things change like this drastically, sometimes it's, it is a breath of fresh air and obviously he's taken advantage of it so far this year. Change is as good as the rest, as they say. Uh, three games in, 1,000, almost 1,200 yards, threw his 300th touchdown pass the other day, which is a, a pretty remarkable feat. Uh, 37 years of age and he, he, looks, he looks 30 or younger already. Yeah, I mean, like I said, he's, he still has uh, enough arm strength <laughs> to get the ball where it needs to go. He's always going to be accurate. The best part about Ricky, though, he's unflappable. He's still tough as nails. He'll stand in there and throw it. Doesn't nothing phases him. So when you're still able to do that at 37, when all the you know bullets are flying around you, and you're still be able to calmly throw the ball, you know you know the time hasn't passed you by yet. He physically can still get the ball where it needs to go, um, but he his his fears there's no fear in him ever, and he's so smart. And now he's got. 15 years of experience behind him. I mean, those are things that bode well for playing well at the end of your career. Yeah, it's it's the fearlessness is, gets me, the way you can stand in the pocket like that. I was talking, I remember talking to Stevie Baggs when he was in Hamilton and, and the Eskimos were going in there and, and he just says, yeah, I hate it because I can hit him as hard as I can hit anybody and all he does, he gets up and he just kind of pulls out his jersey and just goes back to the huddle and it doesn't seem to affect him one way or another and, and that wears the defense down when you're hitting a guy, I guess, time after time after time and it just doesn't seem to have an effect on him. Yeah, I mean, anytime a guy can basically collapse his lung and th- thinks he's out of breath and just keeps playing yeah. and it doesn't phase him. You never see him get mad at his O-line for getting hit. He never you know, curses at a receiver. He's just the same guy no matter what's happening. Um, no matter how many times you hit him, it does not phase him. And that's that's a trait. That's not that's a that doesn't happen to everybody. Not every quarterback's like that. So he's special in that regard, no question. And obviously, the most one of the most accurate quarterbacks to ever play the game. So it's awesome to see at 37 um, to still be doing it at a high yeah. level for sure. Great to see him rejuvenated. I know last time he was here, we were talking about his last time at Commonwealth Stadium. I think when he comes here this year, we probably won't even be thinking about that the way he's playing because uh, he might come back a couple more times before it's all over just behind him in a lot of the categories because they're quarterbacks who played three games there's only a couple who've played two uh is trevor harris who's putting up some some really uh some really big numbers as well this year talk to me about uh, him as a quarterback and, and what his uh, his strengths are 
Um, well, Trevor has been in this, this system, this the the system of Ottawa, the system of Toronto for his whole career. So he's one of those guys too that knows the system yeah. so well. And uh, I shoot, I don't know how many years now he's been in five or six in the system. So that's when you just stop thinking. You just start you just start looking at the defense. You know everything that's coming at you. You've seen a lot of things by now. Uh, you understand the game plans. You can see Trevor's a great thinker on the field. He generally puts the ball where it needs to be put. He puts it there fast. He makes great quick decisions he can throw it everywhere on the field he'll stand in there and sling it too and, and not worry about getting hit either um you know and um you know he he's he's just a talented guy and i mean he's i said it today the thing about trevor that you forget is he doesn't have a ton of starting experience for the way he plays you 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 watch him play and you watch how good he is and how many good decisions he makes and how quick the ball comes out and it's not like he has 100 starts. You know, he started a couple of years worth of, mm-hmm. of starts. So, you know, that's not a whole lot to, to, to me to feel as comfortable as he does back there. So it's awesome to see. I mean, that's, again, though, I attribute that to, you know, he's a hard worker off the field. I know that personally being around him. Uh, he's a very detailed um, note taker. Um, so when he gets a game plan installed to him, he remembers everything and, and why you were doing everything. And he's did that since the very first day I had him um, when I was coaching him as a quarterbacks coach in Toronto. And I know he's done nothing but get better at that. So, no, he's a, he's a talent for sure. Take out who he's playing for and who you're coaching and everything. Is there gratification for you? Because, you know, you had him when he was fresh and, and you worked with him and now you see he's a, he's a starter and putting up some big numbers. Do you do Yeah. You kinda... No, there's no – I don't have any gratification like that. I think it's just awesome when I look back to the guys I have coached. I mean, you know, the guys that are in this league right now, you know, Zach and, and Trevor and Ricky, um, you know, those three guys that are playing and playing at a high level – you know, in their career, it's kind of cool to remember back when you know they were rookies, two of them, yeah. and and I remember when Ricky was Ricky was a rookie. So, you know, it's uh, those are memories I'll have. Um, but you know, just just as far as just coaching him has just been a cool experience. Trevor Harris is second in in a lot of categories behind Ricky Ray. Uh, Ellingson is first in receiving yards. Uh, they've got a good group of receivers. Is this game going to be a real test for your defensive backfield? I think it's going to be a test for the whole team, to be quite honest with you. They're a dangerous club. I mean, uh, you know, I know, like I said, they've been in every game, all those things, but they make it very difficult to beat them, Um, and that's because they're talented everywhere. Um, So, yes, I mean, our defense's backs will get tested. Our defensive line will get tested because they still run the ball, and they can do that well. Um, You know, on our offense, their defensive line is extremely physical, probably one of the most physical D-lines in the league. They get after the quarterback, so we're going to have our hands filled there. You know, they'll test you in coverage with the various coverages they run, but they're still, I'm thinking, a man-to-man team that's going to make you beat the mano-a-mano. So, you know, our whole team's going to get tested. Uh, it's not going to just be one group. Are we past the point where there's any advantage for you or for them, you knowing them, them knowing you? Yeah, I, I think we are. I mean, uh, we run similar systems. So, I mean, you yeah. see the same plays probably every day, and, and you kind of get a good feel for kind of how the offenses are ran. Um, and then, obviously, we've played each other you know, last year, not very many people have moved as far as coordinators are concerned. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you feel like you're you're looking at the same team. Uh, obviously, different players at certain spots. But, uh, yeah, I think we're well beyond the knowing each other so well that, you know, it's an advantage. You mentioned earlier about the injuries. You talked about, you know, we've been pretty healthy, except for the three starters we've lost uh, for the season. How tough has that been for you to, as a coach, as a team, to kind of just wrap your head around that and, and make the changes? Because those are three pretty key guys. I that- think 
to be quite honest with you, you try not to, you know, however you say it, wrap your head around. I try not to think about it as much. It's it's that mindset of next man up and the focus is on the next guy in. Uh, trust me, I love all three of those guys like, you know, nobody else. So, uh, and I feel very badly that they're not playing for us right now. But in the back of your mind as a coach, you just have to focus on the task at hand. And that's what keeps you, uh, I guess, you know, level-headed and, and kind of, you know, mm-hmm. thinking about the positives of the situation and guys stepping up in their in their spots and playing at a high level because um, there's expectations of playing at those positions in, in Edmonton. It's because of those three guys, or two of the three. Corey didn't have his chance to be an Edmonton Eskimo, but J.C. has set the bar extremely high for a linebacker. John White has... Ex- set that bar extremely high for our running backs those are the type of guys we want playing for us so you know with those injuries you know there's that comes expectation and i'm just excited about the opportunity those guys have and that's what i try to focus on rather than thinking about the negative of those guys not having the opportunity this year great stuff jason thanks again as always for uh, your insight uh, good luck to you on friday and we'll talk to you on monday night again next week sounds great marley all right that's the eskimos coaches show my name is marley scott have a great evening everybody